Well, we've been doing our series, Dreaming with God. And really, if, you, if you're not in relationship with God, it's very hard to be dreaming with God. You'll be dreaming with yourself if you're not walking with the great God and creator of the universe. He's our dad. Well, he's my dad. Is he your dad? If you're a believer in Jesus, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, he's your dad. And today, we're doing the theme this month, Dreaming with God. But today, we're doing a God of Relationships. God of relationship. Quite fitting, really, on Valentine's Day. <clears throat> See, that's where the word relatives come from, isn't it? Relationship. Relatives and uh, relations. They're people that are connected with the same family, our relatives, or our relations. You know, here in Excite, we're whānau. We're family. We are connected. We have the DNA of our father, of our dad in us. You see, Ruth and I, our descendants, our children, have our DNA in them. They come from us. We, we walk with them through life. We support them. We're always there for them. Well, I hope so. My parents were for me. We are family. Family is a good word. Relationship is a good word. Everybody craves for it. Everyone wants to belong. You know, God's descendants, those that have his DNA in them, they walk with God. They walk with God. That's what it said in John. We seem to be quoting a lot from John today. First John's epistle, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin, maintains us in that relationship, in that fellowship with our God, with our Creator. How wonderful is that? Dreaming with God. Humans need relationship. There's nothing more certain than that. Neighbor, we need each other, believe it or not. You don't want to be an island. You don't want to be a coal that's outside the fire and soon gets cold. We need one another. We're, we're created in this way because our, our creator God is a God of relationship. You better believe it. I've got a bit of a crude uh, story here. It was a rather crude experiment. We're going back a few centuries here. And it was carried out by an emperor, Frederick, who ruled the Roman Empire in the 13th century. He wanted to know what man's original language was. We all know it was English, don't we? I mean, no, it was Mary. That's what it was. But at any rate, was it Hebrew, was it Greek, or was it Latin? He wanted to work it out. So he decided to isolate a few infants, and that's a bit sad, from the sound of human voice. He reasoned that they would eventually speak in the natural tongue of man if they didn't have any outside influence. Imagine that. So the nurses who were, uh, were sworn to uh, ab absolute silent, silence, and they came and looked after the children, even though it was difficult for them, the little infants, and they abided by the rule, and the infants never heard a word, not a sound of a human voice. And you know what the outcome was? Within several months, they were all dead. They all died. We need relationship. You and I need relationship. We need one another. We need community. We need family. The God who created us is a God of relationship. And here at Excite, relationship is very important to us. Very important to us. See, you don't have to believe to belong when you come in here at Excite. doesn't matter who you are. You are 
you belong straight away. We just want you to believe before you leave, don't we? We want you to believe before you leave. See, there was a perfect relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And there was once, they once communed between each other. There's only one God, three persons. You might have to do a bit of mental gymnastics to imagine that, eh? It's not that hard. Do you ever talk to yourself? I do all the time. <laughs> they said, who will go for us? The Lord said, here am I, send me. You know, they, 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 said, they said in communing with each other, let us make man in our image, us. It wasn't me, it was, it was we. You see? Sometimes people go to church and, and, and it's all about me rather than the we. See, our Father God is a God of relationship. We're part of a body, the church, which is his body. We're part of a community. We're part of a family. People need to belong. You belong here at Excite. We love you. Our Father loves you. You belong. You ever watch, I watch a bit of tennis sometimes, and, and, you, and you just see, you see people getting frustrated. They get really frustrated with themselves when they're playing tennis and they, they hit a wrong, a wrong hit or they get a few bad ones and they're muttering away to themselves, muttering away to themselves, angry with themselves, getting annoyed because it's all about me. And they let themselves down. You see, when it's all about me and not we or us, you feel let down. But when you enjoy your relationship with your Heavenly Father and you're secure in His love, boy, we've been singing, talking a lot about the love of our God this morning, a lot about love. You're secure and you're set free to be able to love others, no matter how they are or how, how they respond or how, how they, what they look like. In uh, the resurre- after the resurrection, I, I just love how that in John 20 and verse 15, we see that um, Jesus, uh, when the disciples and the woman came looking for Jesus, he revealed himself to Mary Magdalene first. The, one that he, the woman that he cast seven demons out of. And it, it was there and she meets, Jesus meets her. He's right there in the garden after the resurrection. And she didn't recognize him. And Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? See, she really loved the Lord. You know, the ones that are forgiven the most love him the most. They appreciate that what he has done, the freedom, the life, the liberty that is found only in his presence. He says to her, who who are you looking for? And it's a good question. We've had it here at Excite before. Jesus even asked that before the cross, didn't he? When they came out to the Garden of Gethsemane to take him, he said, who are you, who are you seeking? Who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. I'm the one. I'm the one you're looking for. You know, I know you're looking for Jesus today, just like Mary Magdalene was. But I want to tell you today that he's a lot closer than you think he is. He's right here. He's available for you today. He's right here. We live in a world. Um, we live in a world that desires love. Spend a lot of money talking about love and the media and all that, or what the world think of love. I must say, most of us not really love at all, isn't it? 
Love is big business out there in the media and in the world, even on Valentine's Day. Do you know how much I had to pay for flowers for Ruth? <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you. Mind your own bits. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> not enough. You're quite right. I should have grown them in the garden. I should have taken time out to, to grow some rare exotic plant, you know, that only flowers once every 30 years or something. And just timed it just right for it. It's only a thought. <clears throat> People are looking for love. But they miss the one who is love. And this morning, I don't want you to miss the one who is love this morning. Because he's right here. He's nearer than you think. He's available. He's come from eternity. He's come from heaven itself. He's bridged eternity. He's come right down here. He's gone to the cross for us taken all our shame and all our guilt out of love for us. And it's all been nailed there. And he's, he's obliterated death. We're talking about Malcolm crossing over to be with the Lord this, this week. He's in a better place. Death has lost its sting because Jesus has been to the cross for us. You know, when people look at the cross, I'm, I'm sure most of them think about the cross as being a, a curse or, a, um, or they see hate or anger when they look at the cross, or evil and things like that. But the cross speaks of love. And it's no ordinary love. It's radical love. It's the love of Almighty God. It is just amazing. It is so intense, His love. We read phrases in the Word of God like, many waters cannot quench love. You think of the power of the sea, and we've been hearing from a Dave about those big waves rolling in and being out in the ocean and being in a ship. But it says many waters cannot quench love. Water is powerful, very powerful. But love is very strong. The Bible speaks of a love that is stronger than death and love that could take death on. And that's exactly what God has done in our place. He has gone into death for us. He has taken on our Goliath, death, the enemy of mankind that came in because of sin and selfishness. He's taken it on head on. And through death, the enemy's own weapon he used, like David took Goliath's sword, own sword, to chop his head off. After that sling, he, that stone hit him in the forehead. Jesus has done that with death. He's taken death, the enemy's weapon, and he's used it against him. And through death, the Bible says, he destroyed him that had the power of death, and he's delivered us, who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. What a victory. What love. What intense, infinite love. You know, the um, psalmist David wrote so much uh, and so many songs just about his relationship with his God and with the Lord. And I just love Psalm 23. I always quote from it. You know, just that verse, he says, a table. David says, a table you've prepared before me. You know, you are so amazing. A table you've prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. I was reading this last week about, um, in Corinthians, no, Romans, about 11, chapter 11 roughly, and it was, <clears throat> spoke about Israel and those that had, had rejected the Messiah. And there was a phrase there that said, let their table become a snare to them and a stumbling block. But David wasn't eaten from that table, not from man's table. He found a table that was prepared by God that he partook of all the delicacies of heaven. 
He enjoyed God's amazing favor and loves favor and loves goodness. There's no question that David walked with God and was in relationship with God and appreciated his God. Now we're going to read again in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, read at most weddings. You've got to read that on Valentine's Day. I reckon every day we should be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it says there in verse 1, and I know you've already all found it and looked it up because you've probably got it marked. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I become a a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy, come on, and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, goodness me, sounds like you guys, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Oh, love's fairly important then, isn't it? That's a bit radical, isn't it? Why is it that radical people always seem to hang around Jesus? It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Why is it? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, martyrdom, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love love suffers long. This is what love is. You all know this. You probably had it read at your wedding. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own is not provoked, or not easily provoked, thinks no evil, love rejoices, uh, love does not rejoice in iniquity or sin or selfishness, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Wow. Love is amazing, isn't it? Everyone's gone quiet. Everyone's waiting. Waiting for love, eh? See, in Corinthians, the church here had no concept of real love. There was all sorts of things going on at Corinth. And uh, there were people just thinking of themselves. They had their own food and they were eating that. There were poor people there. They weren't sharing it with them. They weren't discerning the body of the Lord. And it was all about them. No concept of, of, of real love. Doing all the stuff, the, you know, prophecy and all the stuff that was hap- happening, all the gifts, all faith. But he had to say to them, Paul had to say to them, you can have all that stuff, but if you haven't got love, it's not going to profit you anything. You need to walk with the one who is love. Walk with the, your God. Walk with the Lord daily. Abide in him. See, doing church without love is like having coffee without sugar. I know everybody has sugar in their coffee, don't they? You don't? Okay. Well, honestly, you need to start experiencing what it's like to have sugar in your coffee. It's like having a carrot cake with no carrots or an apple pie with no apples, isn't it? (laughs) You don't want a church that's got no love. You won't throw the cabbage when it rolls in the door out of the veggie garden. (laughs) If you experience this agape love, well, then that experience will dictate your expression, the expression on your face, your expression in your community, how you live, how you relate to people, how you connect with people, what sort of level you're connecting on, whether it's all about self and people's worries and woes, or whether it's about our Savior 
whether it's all about the one who is love. What, you know, I want to talk about three things that agape love does. Because that's the love we're talking about, agape love. Love that desires the highest good of another. Love that is not self-seeking. What does it do? Three things. The first thing it does, just quickly, it frees us from our past. Isn't that good? Love frees us from our past. Isn't it wonderful how those that came around the, the Lord were people in great need? Think of, we've already mentioned Mary Magdalene. What about the thief on the cross? What about even in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ? Rahab the harlot from Jericho. Tamar, who uh, played the harlot. Part of the lineage of Christ. Isn't that amazing? The infinite great grace and love of our God, able to meet the need, the greater the need. The love of God is greater. No matter who you are, what you've been through, it doesn't matter. Love has got your back. Love frees us from the past. Are you free this morning from your past? I want to tell you, you are free because you have been set free. You might not be walking in that freedom, but you are free from your past because Jesus has taken all that past, all, all that sin, all that selfishness, all that shame, and it's been nailed to his cross and the Bible says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The score has been settled. Love keeps no record of wrongs, and God is love. It even tells us in Hebrews that he's chosen to uh, forget or throw into the sea of his forgetfulness, not that he's got a bad memory, but he's chosen not to remember our sin against us because we receive his son, Jesus. And the Bible tells us the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. So you are forgiven. See, I was always struck uh, on the resurrection morning, the disciples and that came to the tomb. You know, we shouldn't hang around the tomb. God thankfully sent some angels there to actually say to those that came around death, around the tomb, why are you seeking the living one among the dead? Why come here? He's not here. You won't find him here. He's risen. You don't want to hang around death. In the life groups, we do life here. We don't call them death groups. We don't call them death groups. Maybe we sometimes should change the name. But we don't hang around dead, rotting flesh. All our worries. Oh, come on. It must be tough. Let's pray for you. You know, it's good to pray for one another. Just hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying here. Where is life? The Bible says our life is hid with Christ in God. These are called life groups because we connect with the relationship with our Father God, with the creator of all. We have his DNA in us. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We get passionate about our God about the fact that we're in relationship with him, the fact that we've been set free of our past. We don't look down at ourselves all the time, hanging around the tomb. Flies hang around dead flesh. Beelzebub is lord of the flies. Wow. Number two, what, is love, what does this agape love do? It gives us peace in the present. So it not only frees us from our past, it gives us peace in the present. And there's not much peace here this morning because it sounds like I'm yelling at you, but that's all right. 
<laughs> I'm just passionate because I just love the peace of God that rules in my heart and in my life. Love always protects. Love gives us peace for the present. We enjoy peace. Every time I get up in the morning, I re- enjoy peace. I, 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 just, I just thank God for all the positive things. Just seeing the sun come up. Just, just seeing the wonderful creation. In fact, I was just reading a, a little letter that my son had written me. It's in my Bible. I keep it there because it's precious. Quite some time ago, last year or might have been the year before, he wrote it to me on Father's Day about how much it means to him just me getting up and talking about the positive things in life and pointing out how good our God is. We enjoy peace in the family because of that. Peace in the present. See, the devil will try and keep you in a place of insecurity. He will tell you that you don't deserve God's love as if it's something that you earn. You do not have to earn the love of God. God is passionate about you. He made no mistake when he created you. You're not an accident. We've had that before. God wants you to know his, his love is unconditional. There is no conditions on his love. It keeps no record of wrong, and it always protects. See, you can have peace because the cross of Christ validates you. You are validated by the cross of Christ. So don't pray for acceptance if you are a believer. But pray from acceptance, not for acceptance. The third thing is that it does love, this agape love does, it gives us hope for our future. Because our future looks like Jesus. We've been into the grave with him. We're buried with him. We're risen with him. Our future looks like Jesus. Love never fails, it says. There is love for us in Jesus. Our future looks like Jesus. There is power for us in Jesus. There is favor for us in Jesus. There is blessing for us in our Lord Jesus Christ. I know, I don't know what my future holds, but I know it's secure because I know the one who holds my future. Walking in relationship with the Lord, with our God. I love just looking to the cross this morning. I think if we can direct If I can direct your gaze to the cross of Christ, I don't think you'll see a greater display than the love of our God, than love itself anywhere else than at the cross of Christ. It's so vivid. It's so powerful. And I'm a beekeeper, and just like like a bee has one sting, you know, even though the devil's been stinging mankind for many years, when Jesus came... And the devil had one attempt to sting him. You see, a bee, when it stings once, will die. The sting gets separated from the bee. And I was thinking of the enemy of our souls, the one who comes with the sting of death to sting. For Jesus went into death. And the devil had one go at stinging him. And he has he actually taken it all. He has absorbed it all. Now the devil has no sting. Death has no sting. He goes around like a a roaring lion, sure enough. The Bible tells us that, but he lost his teeth at the cross. He lost his sting there. Do you know what? If you went to bed at night dreaming of the love of God, it would change how your workday was the next day. It would change how your relationship with your wife went the next day how you spoke to your children the next day. 
It would change the tone of your voice if you were, uh, went to bed at night and just appreciated, or even just went through the day appreciating the love of our God. Look to the cross. Jesus, love is displayed there in all its infinite greatness. Just in closing, I want to actually just share this, uh, this story with you, true story. There was a Christian woman who tragically lost her husband to a brain tumor. The next Valentine's Day that came after the passing of her husband, she received a beautiful bouquet of flowers. The card on the flowers said, from your loving husband. This is after his death. Miss you. Love you. See you soon. This blew her mind. So she called her friends and said, did you do this? It's not very funny. No, they hadn't done it. So then she went to the flower shop and talked to them about it. The owner of the shop said to her, said, ma'am, before your husband passed away, he came in here and paid in full. Paid in full. For the rest of your life on Valentine's Day, you're going to get flowers from him because he wanted you to never forget that he loved you. Can you see the metaphor here? Love has paid in full your debt at the cross of Calvary. So that from now on in your life, you're just going to receive the favor and the blessing and the power of God and the presence of your God upon you. It's not something you can earn. It's something you can receive by faith because Jesus has paid it all and it is finished. I don't think we can see a better picture of the gospel than when the moment Jesus died on the cross for us. So vivid it is. Love is just so radical. Jesus died in our place, but he rose again as well. Praise God. So from now on, he's providing for us life upon life, blessing upon blessing, provision upon provision, grace upon grace. There's just more than enough. And we're more than conquerors, the Bible says, through him who loved us. And he can do exceedingly abundantly above all. Above all that we can ask or even think, love will blow your socks off. So what about it? What about it? Let's receive the love of God. You don't need to worry tomorrow about your job, about your children, about your family, because God's grace awaits you every day. Just like David said, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And just as the band again about to play a song, let's all stand. And as I lead us in song, just let's, let's not bow our heads today and look down. Let's do what Jesus did and lift up our eyes to heaven, because that's what it says in John 17. Jesus lifted up his eyes into heaven when he prayed and said, we don't have to look down in shame, but we can look up. Our Savior is risen. He's seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. God loves us and is sharing his love upon us and lavishing us with his love. And as we sing the songs, I love to do nothing better than just to soak up and enjoy the love of my God, my Father. So let's just sing together as we receive from Him.